Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome in to episode 200, I think, and 34 <laughs> of Buddhist Biohacker, and welcome in to Buddhist Biohacker YouTube. We are live today with the beautiful April Meganson. Welcome in, April. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much. On 2-22-22. Yes, yes, that's true. 22 for you. Not for yes. me. <laughs> yes. And I love this, Tracy. That is such a joyful picture of you, April and Mary. We miss Mary. I'm happy Hi. you're here for live. Looking forward Kimberly. to seeing Hi. you. Oh, and Kimberly's here too. I love it. So welcome in everybody. <clears throat> and it has been a while. And we only have a couple shows left for this season. And then I will actually not be back on Buddhist Biohacker until August first, if you guys can believe it, um, because I am planning a jam-packed fall schedule. So get ready. So I'd love to hear from you. I think April and I both would just love to hear how you guys are feeling out there right now. Um, we just had new moon and we had all sorts of things. We're still in Mercury retrograde. And also welcome to everybody who's on my Twitter. Thank you for joining us. I'm just now streaming live to you guys the last couple of weeks. <sighs> so here we are, April. Oh, I wanted to do that too. Yeah. And I'm so happy to have you on here. You're doing such great work. And I really just wanted to spread the news to everybody out there about what you're doing. But I think I want to start with my most favorite question I ask every guest, which is, who are you today? Oh. Hmm. Oh, that's a challenge. I think the best answer to that is, can we really know that? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you what I'm feeling right now. I can tell you what I'm experiencing. Hi, yes. Karen. Hi, Karen. Wow. And Barbarella's here. All our usuals. Hi, everybody. Yeah, that's a good question, though, because it really kind of makes you uh, sit and take stock in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling? What are you exploring? I want you to share because you're really deepening into some pretty awesome stuff. So wherever you want to start, I would oh, love for you wow. to share kind of what you've been exploring. Wow, that is a really big um, question. So as you know, of course, um, and, you know, monikers, I just, titles, all that, it's not a big deal. However, what it does show is what I've been trained formally in, and that is um, yoga therapy. Um, you know, you have to have a CIAYT for that, which is very rigorous. It takes a couple years. Um and I think I was one of the first 500 in the country or in the world, actually, because it was a new certification um, back then when I got it. Um, NLP certification, that's neurolinguistic programming with quantum languaging, um, life certified life coach. My latest, as you know, because we went through this kind of together, is our block therapy um, certification instructor. So um yeah just really interesting i was talking to one of my friends today who is a wonderful massage therapist and i was like you know telling her about the show 
And I said how happy I am to be highlighted because I can't tell you what I do. I made it up. <laughs> really? I mean, and she said, you're right, because, you know, what's what you were led into, each thing you were led into all ties together. And no one has all of these things together. And I think that's really what all of us have once we start to find our calling, so to speak. You know, we are very unique in what we do. And so, you know, I interweave yoga therapy and, um, you know, I have some training in Ayurveda, even though you're the expert there. Um, I've got training in, you know, restorative and MBSR and all of these things. And I just interweave all those things together. And really, I would say that my work, I taught your light work class yesterday, and I um, just mentioned to them that I don't stick with stuff that doesn't work. If it doesn't work, I'm not going to be doing it. If it. And if it works and it takes a long time, I'm still not going to be doing it. Because I think we have a, a quantum potential here. And I've, I don't think it, I know it. I've experienced it myself of the, of the incredible shifts and changes and moving into alignment. And, um, and, you know, I have all these very quick tips and tricks and ways in. And if, if something isn't getting me in quick, I don't do it anymore. You know, I think a lot of, especially, you know, being trained in a lot of, um, a lot of modalities, there can be some rigidity that starts to happen. And that's the thing I really look out for. And the assumption too, I was just saying earlier, you know, like in those early teacher train yoga teacher trainings, the things that we were taught are wild, like coming into a bridge and not using your glutes. It's like if anybody knows anything about the body, your glutes are your powerhouse of your posture. So it's really funny, you know, to kind of break down these assumptions. And that's what I'm continually doing in my work. And I don't take anyone anywhere that I haven't been very deeply. Really, that's that's the case. And we work, I work kind of across all the boards, you know, because I have the the um, like life i have the coaching piece i've got the language piece i've got the body piece and all those things kind of come together so that we can just continue in but you know the interesting thing and this is an ongoing discussion you know kimberly who's on right now mentioned this the other day hi katie um and i think it was to you and i it, it, you and me that the more the deeper I get in myself, the deeper my teaching gets and the smaller my, my, um, my uh, team gets, let's call, because I don't like to call it student teacher anymore because we're all exploring, we're a laboratory, right? Um, it's because there has to be a breakdown before you can even find me that you already believe that transformation is possible. That, that's a really big cultural assumption uh, as we age that, you know, my bone density is exactly where it's going to be. It's going to keep getting worse. Or I've had this thing for all of my life and I'm not going to be able to get rid of it ever. So let me just continue on medication. Now, medication's great if it gets you to the neutral place so that you can start to move in. If you're being low neutral, you need some help to get to neutral. We were just talking about this. So I'm all for any type of medical intervention that gets us to neutral and then 
if we have the courage to step into our own laboratories, we can, I don't even like the word transform. All these words don't, don't make sense anymore. You know, healing transformation. We already are that we're accessing what we already are, the potential, the strength we already have. Yeah, that's right. Learning to be all of who we are. That's right, Karen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Letting go of old conditioning. That's well, I said I didn't have an elevator speech, but Karen might have just actually given me given me one because that's it. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, let's let's uh talk about why the body. Oh, my favorite subject. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> Our bodies are, we have been taught that our bodies are in the spiritual world. When we turn on the TV and there's a toothpaste that'll make our teeth whiter, we are taught that our bodies are never enough and that we have to bring everything outside into our bodies to make them enough. And we're shooting on ourselves all the time. We're trying. What's trying mean? Nothing, right? It literally means nothing. So we have to go back to foundation of how we, and there are so many layers here, and you and I have spoken about this so often. There are so many layers to unwinding this cultural limiting belief that our bodies need to be, um, that we need to transcend our bodies. Our bodies are us and our bodies are the key to being human. And so we're just becoming more and more and more human. And what we realize, what I realize, is that we're fighting. We've been fighting this all of our lives. Everything we strive against, everything we say we should do or try to do or I'm not, you know, whatever, that's all us fighting against ourselves. And so the body is the key, is the treasure in. And that's what I was talking about earlier with all these tips and tricks that I have. Um, and I taught a little bit to your students yesterday, um, we can access the meditation state like that. Our meditation state is an alpha brain wave state. So a lot of times we're in beta state, which is the, I, I liken this to a, fan, a ceiling fan. So the ceiling fan's going like, vroom, 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 vroom. we have crazy mind, right? We can access the alpha state very quickly. And I give techniques for that within 10 seconds. And the alpha state is our state of meditation. Like, so the fan goes much slower, the fan stops maybe. And what we've accessed is our limitlessness, our connection to, to God, right? That, that's, that's what we're accessing. And so when people, and I know you hear this a lot too, Lisa, people come to me and say, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. And I, I change the conversation. I say, you are meditation. It's not that you can't meditate. You are meditation. We go in and out of a meditative state every 20 seconds or so because we're in our brainwaves cycle through. And so how do we access what we already are? It's like what Karen said. So this idea, oh, I can't sit. It's wandering mind, wandering mind. Well, you know, a lot of years we all sat with our wandering mind and our super uncomfortable posture and our totally bound up bodies and forced it not knowing 
that we already are this state. We already have access to this and we don't have to sit for 30 years anymore to get a quiet mind. I don't think, I know that you don't have to, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's these ways in, they're like buttons in our bodies. I mean, same thing with the vagus nerve. You know, you're gonna always hear me talk about this. You can find this on my YouTube channel, right underneath the earlobe and right behind that vertical area. And I've taught a lot of people this, we can access that at any time with our fingers. The vagus nerve, right and left sides, regulates nervous system. So it can take, just doing that, I felt way different. So everybody just do one side. Don't do them both at once because there's carotid arteries there too. (laughs) But you can do one side and really Hmm. feel quite a difference. If you're driving in the car, you can do that. The other way you you balance your vagus nerve, which is, again, nervous system. Um, What is it not? Digestion, uh, blood pressure. You continue in. And it branches all the way from into your brain down here underneath your collarbone down into your belly so we're connecting in to this to this actual physical thing and you know there's a lot of techniques i teach in order to balance that vagus nerve as well on both sides and there's a lot of buzz about the vagus nerve these days and it's incredible incredible thing to know about so the more we know about our physical bodies the more we can relax into ourselves, give ourselves permission, and the more we access the wonder. I mean, our fascial system, don't even get me started on that because we might be here till tomorrow. (laughs) I cannot believe that within us is the fascial system. I mean, the the first fascial council was 2007. That's how new this stuff is. The reason is, is because we didn't have the correct dissection tools or correct. We didn't have um, good enough dissection tools to understand what fascia was. So say an old surgery happened and and you got a cut, you you cut or whatever, and fascia springs back. So it's springing back with the muscle and the tissue. You never see it. Well, once we got these cameras that you can go through the body and there's like a French... um, dermatologist that you can go online and look at a Gimberto, I think his name is, and you can take journeys through the fascia and it's gorgeous. It's like spider webs of dew. So just about a year or two ago, it was found that our largest organ is not our skin. It's our interstitial fluid. And that's the fluid that is in our fascial system. Now the fascial system wraps around everything and it grips at 2,000 pounds per square inch. It's incredible. That's where our strength is. That's why the woman can lift the car proverbially off her kid, right? The, the, yeah. the woman that has no muscles and is four foot 11. <clears throat> because the, the power, the actual kinesthetic power that is bound up in our bodies is absolutely unbelievable. And there's a great book that I absolutely love and recommend. And if you haven't read it, please do. It's called Natural Born Heroes. Um, I think it's by it's by the guy that wrote Born to Run, Christopher. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his last name, but it is one of the most fascinating books. And it talks about the fascial system and how we became a muscle culture, right? So the implications here are infinite. 
There's a lot of studies being done right now on the nature of fascia carrying our consciousness. Yeah, I want to share it. <clears throat> As you know, I've got my own little Dr. Ladd fascia quote obsession. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite quotes right now is every thought, feeling, and emotion should be processed into intelligence. That which is not processed is crystallized and stored in the connective tissue. And isn't that fascinating? I love what Karen's saying here too. She says, what you're describing is that we're still learning about our humanness. We're just beginning to tap into our full potential. You gave me chills, Karen. I 100% agree. And that's the thing is it's, it's a lifelong this is why I get so passionate. People are like, oh, that was, you're really passionate. And I don't know if they're kind of joking me, which they probably are, and that's fine. However, you, I've continued to get more passionate about finding my, my adhesions, let's call them. We call them fascial adhesions. They're mental adhesions. They're our emotional, you can call them triggers. Our triggers are our absolute gifts. And the more we find of them, the more treasure we can, we can mine. I mean, it's incredible, the freedom and the limitlessness of where we can go with this. I mean, we're going into DNA. We're transforming DNA. I mean, we could go on that forever too, right? But how, how is consciousness going to get down to your big toe if you have a ton of fascial adhesions in your hamstrings? How is consciousness going to get to your fingertips if you have, you know, posture that's forward head and shoulders rolling down? Our channel matters. And, you know, we talk a lot about energetics, but I'm talking about physically. So how do we heal? It is so simple. And if we understand how we heal, we can take the keys back to ourselves. How do we heal? Number one, lymph out. Number two, blood oxygenation in. That's how we heal. The implications of how to do that are the, are the, the little laboratory, right? That is how we heal. And I, I can, I can sit, sit here and tell you so many stories. And some of you have worked with me and can say your own story, tell your own stories about the things that are reversing, the things that are, are physical things that are reversing. And, you know, the other thing is, is we don't think much about breath, even those of us that do yoga or whatever. We don't think about breath as being a habit. We have a breath pattern that is a habit just as much as a postural pattern. And what we're doing when we liberate the fascia is we're liberating the cage of the breath so that we can finally breathe again. I mean, we're so bound up right underneath, like for ladies, the bra strap is called the mid-chest fascial strap. So if you think about a sheaf of wheat and how you have to like bind it, let's call it horizontally, we also have that throughout our bodies. We've got one here. We've got the chin strap. We've got one here. We've got one right at our, we've got one right here. We've got one right over our hips. So we have these fascial 
bands, not just up and down, but that that hold us in place sideways, uh, uh, horizontally, and they are tight. They are tight. They are literally like put a belt around your right here and try to breathe. That's how we're breathing. I mean, imagine what, how do we heal? Lymph, blood flow, and breath. That's how we heal. Karen's on fire today with her awesome comments. I know she's on it. You are exactly right. Yep. Yeah, breath <clears throat> for the audio later. Breath is the most underutilized medicine in the world. And you know, my um, dear friend and and fellow journey lady person, Angela Phillips says, we, you know, we we can go without food for. I don't know, 40, 50 days. We can go without water for a week. We can go without breath three, four minutes. What's important here? Yeah. And let me go back to the breath because go look, go Google. If you're, if you're just hearing this, go Google exhale and weight loss. If you're having a challenge losing weight, I can almost guarantee you it is a breath pattern of not exhaling. There are studies that are done. There's one in men's journal that I really like where they took 22 pounds of fat and watched what happened. And I don't know the, I don't know the parameters or the um, variables or whatever. 18 and a half of those pounds oxidized through breath, came out through breath. Only three and a half pounds was water, was liquid. So we are a culture that thinks weight loss has to do with eating and exercising. One of my um, dear friends, she started working with me in September and she, what, she was working her tail off at the gym. And I'm not saying anything about gyms. I'm just saying you can supplement the, the let's, let's get the tier right. Let's get the hierarchy right. And she wasn't losing any weight. She went to her, her, her um, personal trainer and said, I'm not losing any weight and I can't, I can't afford to do this anymore. I'm not seeing any results. She worked with me for two months and still does. I think she lost 20 pounds in two months working with me. And we weren't even working on weight loss. That's not my specialty. But I mean, again, the how does the body heal? Um, and she went to her doctor and her doctor's like, what have you been doing? You are so healthy. You look so good. She goes, I stopped exercising. And her doctor was like, what? Now I'm not saying that we don't need to exercise or eat well. What I'm saying is if you're exercising and eating well, and you're frustrated, it's because it, you're not looking at the right place. There's so much liberation to that. There's so much permission in that. It's pretty profound work for sure. And it's a lot of reframes and it is, it's shocking stuff. And only a few people, very few people can even get this far in listening to me and us, <laughs> you know, because it's like not even on the radar that these things are reversible or that these things are possible or that these things are so easy. And yes, easy and challenging, of course. Simple and challenging. That's what I can say better. Yeah. 
Well, for sure, because even the block, <clears throat> it's so simple to lay on the block, but it doesn't feel simple. <laughs> no, no. It may not feel it simple, but it's a simple process. Yeah, it is. Block. Come on. And, you know, the block is so, I don't, I mean, I could, again, I could have exponential time on all of these topics. The, the block is, is you can keep it anywhere with you. I sit and watch TV and have the baby block and I do my cheek. I just sit with my elbow and do the cheek. And I mean, the other day I felt a melt, I felt a pop like a, um, like bubble wrap. And that mm. released my eye, the top of my head, my trapezius and behind my shoulder blade immediately. I mean, That's we don't so know. If you're having pain and discomfort somewhere, I, unless there was an accident or a surgery, it's not ever coming from that place. And we focus on the places that we think it's coming from. If you have low back pain, the, I'm not going to work with your low back almost ever. I'm going to go straight in and work with your belly, your anchor, you're not stabilizing your low back, your glutes, and then I'm going to work with releasing your belly and the front of your hip points. If you have scoliosis, I'm going to go in and work with your shins and bottoms of your feet. Our, our fascial line, and we have got a deep, we have a lot of fascial lines. Tom Myers have done, has done a lot of work on this um, over the years, and he's got a book called Anatomy Trains. And he talks about super, uh, he talks about the fascial lines and our fascial lines, you know, we've got one that's very obvious. If you think about it, if you have headaches, I'm going to go to the back of your legs because the fascial line starts at the bottom of your feet, goes up your heel, goes up your calf, goes up your hamstrings, comes into the back, comes all the way around and ends the back fascial line ends at your forehead right above your eyebrows. So if you've got a forward head posture, then you're locked long in the back and short in the front and you're, you're causing the whole line. It's like a, it, you know, we're biotensegrity models by, but, uh, you know, we, we took that from Buckminster Fuller's tensegrity model. We are like, we have this idea that we're compression models meaning a skyscraper is compression, right? We build, we build, we build, we build. We're not. We are sails on a ship. One little area go, gets the wind, the whole thing gets the wind. Our fascial system moves at 720 miles per, it moves at the speed of sound. Wow. Three times faster than our nervous system. It takes three seconds for our nervous system to kick in. That's why if you've ever like, if you've ever been scared or something, you know, really, really like running for, for your life or you think you are, that's why you find yourself down the road before you come to consciousness because we are, our fascial system moved us, not our, not our nervous systems. That's what it. we're tapping into. That's quantum stuff. <clears throat> It is. And I, I love Tracy's question. She says it becomes a personal accountability, right? Yes. And that's what it is because you can't, you're not going to, let me re-say this. You will not gain the benefit that is there if you come to my class two times a week and don't 
block your cheek watching TV. The thing that I do is I give stuff that can be done very easily, accessible. It is so challenging to get on a mat, to go turn a thing on for 10 or 20 minutes. You can sit and watch TV and put a block on your face for as long as you want to. And it doesn't feel like you're like, it feels like you can relax and, you know, whatever. You can sit and, and do work at your computer and put the block underneath your foot. You know, last night I was having um, some hamstring uh, I had strained my hamstring, putting a piece of furniture together, and I laid in my bed and put that block right under my hamstring and read for an hour. And I thought I was going to be in a lot of like discomfort this morning. Nothing, you know. I mean, that's all easy stuff. I'm doing stuff already, you know. Mm. It's not an extra thing to do. It's just that we add to the thing. Yeah. Well, talk about your new class offering because it's so so good. And I want people who are listening who do want to work with you to know what you have on offer right now. Katie says she's on the block right now. I love it. Yep. Me too, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on it on my hamstrings right now also. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got one there. And I was going to go show you my baby block and whatever. So, um, so Mondays and Fridays, I teach a, a Zoom class, which you can get on my um, on my website very easily. And I call them vi both vitality. So deep vitality is blocking. And then I add my own stuff. So you have to have a massage wand. I call it a massage wand, but it's like a percussion gun. I just think that's kind of intense when we're trying to work with our bodies talking about guns on our bodies yeah. um so yeah i call it the massage wand you're not going to find that if you try to get one it's actually called a percussion gun i have links on my um, if you click on my deep vitality i have links to things um and then i use a gua sha so you have to, to in order to join the deep vitality class you have to have a massage wand and a gua sha and both blocks i do make sure do you do both blocks because i utilize both blocks every time and then um for the vitality class it's it's a little bit more yoga therapy in nature uh you don't have to have the uh blocks um, but, you know, we just continue in. And I love what Deanna says in block therapy. And I've, it's a voice. I've, it's, a, it's something I've been do, trying to voice for a long time and couldn't. Um, and she says, here we are. We're, and this is what I do. We create space. We inflate the space. And we maintain the space. And that's what we're doing. And the reversals, I mean, I could, I don't know if you want to hear physiologically, uh, a lady told me the other day that her varicose vein was going down. She ha had that varicose vein pop out at 30 when she had her second child and she will, she's in her upper sixties. I had another lady tell me the other day, who's about the 15th one that her bone density has reversed. I mean, these are things that we know, you know, I, I mean, know some of you have had some things that have reversed and, and just feel absolutely different. For me, I've had knee pain since I was probably 12. I played tennis and basketball. I haven't had knee pain in probably four or five months for the first time in my life. 
The reason I'm doing this is not because I decided one day, oh, I'm going to do all this really cool wellness stuff. The reason I'm here is because I felt like crap. I mean, I had so much pain in my body as a teenager and a 20, you know, something. I had a bulge disc by 30. I had knee pain. I had migraines. I had acid reflux. I mean, you name it. And it was a lot of, it was a lot of pain in my body. And that's how I stumbled into it. Cause I didn't want that anymore. Yeah. Well, and it reminds me, you know, the thing about the block that I think is funny is, you know, I used to get acupuncture and it got to the point where like, by the end of the week, my body was like craving the needles. Like I could feel yeah. the spots in my body. And the block is the same way for me where it's like, I start to feel like I've got to get the, like, there's a craving, like your body wants it, which I love. And um, I've been working with my head. I have a very lumpy head, which, you know, we don't always feel our heads, I don't think. And um, when I really was, there's actually a book, I don't know if you know this, April, but there's a book, there's actually a book to read your head lumps. Like there's meanings behind it. You can divination with your head. Well, you know, that was like super popular in the 1800s called phrenology. Yeah. And so anyway, so I have lots of lumps on my head that I've been working on. And it's amazing the shift in my vision, in my hearing. Um, The days that I block my skull are like, I, I had definitely... I mean, I have lots and lots of stories about things that have changed, but the head has definitely been the most profound because you don't feel like you're changing a lot, but you are changing a lot. A lot. Oh, I know. I do my forehead every day and I do my chin. And when I had that release over here, like one of my wrinkles went away. I was like, I keep looking at myself like what the 11s is are starting to kind of go away. And I mean, you know. If we have wrinkles somewhere, there's a fascial thing going on. We age forward and down. Everything we do is forward and down. So the fascia goes forward and then it grips on at 2,000 pounds per square inch to all the bony parts. And then it's not, it's not moving, right? And so the interesting thing is that we have pain in our back bodies that's actually from our front bodies because... I like to think about like a kid, I don't know why I think about this, but like a kid running by me that's not supposed to jump in the pool and you like grab the back of their bathing suit and they're dangling. That's how our fascia is, right? That's what our fascia does as we age. And so the pain moves to the back body because if we had pain in our front body, that's all our vital organs. And that would be to have pain in our back body. We're like, oh yeah, my back hurts. My shoulder blade hurts. To have pain in our front body means that we're dying in our, in our minds, in our nervous systems, right? Mm-hmm. So the body's so intelligent. It transfers the pain to the back. And then the fascia is gripping onto all these bones, bony nodules, as you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Here, 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 cheekbones, chin, all these areas, it's gripping on at 2,000 pounds per square inch, the tensile weight there. So we've got to go in to the bones. We've got to melt into the bones. Mm-hmm. 
That's what we do. And then we can stand up. I cannot tell you, you know, how many times do we hear stand up straight? That's nothing I would ever say to anyone because people can't stand up straight. Their fascia has them glued. I know mine did. I couldn't stand up straight. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to, and where, where do I start with everyone? I start at collarbones, rib cage, belly, fronts of the hips. I don't, I barely ever go into the back anymore. It doesn't need to be. We need to open all this up so that we can get our shoulder blades onto our backs. They've migrated forward and down. The humerus bone uh, wings forward. And then we've got all this stuff going on here. The fascia is twisting through. And then also like the other day on Monday, I taught um, a class on, on lung meridian alongside with grief. So what we did is we took the, we took the massage one and we actually did the, the lung meridian then we took the gua sha tool and did specifically the heavenly palace which is lung free and then we blocked our lung meridian and we also when we lung is associated with grief so i talk a little bit about grief but you know i don't have to talk that much about that because it's going to release as it wants to i just tell people you know there's a lot of secondary healing that goes on you could have what's happened to me and i know it's happened to you is there's like a big sob that might bubble up and then it just dissolves. It's not even like a story comes or it's no drama about it. It's just something releasing that's frozen, frozen shadows. You know, we're melting the frozen shadows within our own self. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the quantum piece of it is you don't need a story anymore. You just don't no. need a story. You don't need a past life. You don't need some kind of profound no. thing. Like, in fact, we don't have time for this story, honestly. Yeah. Like, you just have to process it, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, Tracy has a question. She said, yeah. for someone who is full of pain and overwhelmed, where do you suggest they start? Well, so I would suggest starting with understanding vagus nerve. There's a um, vagus nerve video. I think it's like 11 or 12 minutes on my on my YouTube channel. Um, that's a very easy thing for someone to start at. You don't even need a tool. You just need your fingers. And I have like a little diagram and all that. And it talks about the vagus nerve. You can just teach someone to press here. I mean, I could be sitting here doing this with you and no, nobody even realizing it. it just looks like I'm holding my head up. So it's not, it's not, doesn't look crazy or anything like that. The other thing is, is that you can um, actually take your eyes, keeping your nose forward. You start with the left side, um, take your eyes to the left and really kind of strain them. And look, I like to take my arm out and kind of wiggle my, and stick my, you can't really see, but stick my thumb up. So I'm looking at my thumb and then a big deep breath might come in. And then you can come back to center and you'll notice that you feel very different side to side. So we've just activated our left side vagus nerve. And then of course you do right side and you'll notice just like musculature, you might not get a big deep breath on one side. Well, that's the side you need to work on, right? So those are very easy ways in, and that will start to, first of all, let me say this. The pain is mostly happening because of the overwhelm. The number one thing our unconscious mind is the enemy is uncertainty. So as soon as we have a tool that's certain, and that tool is certain, then we, then we have something to anchor into. 
right? And the overwhelm goes, it kind of like deflates a little bit, you know? So, so the pain in someone's body, I would look at everything. The overwhelm, first of all, we live in a stressful culture. To tell someone to change their job or to do this or to do that is not helpful anymore. We need to deal with the stress where we're sitting right now. Period. The stress is going to keep coming, especially in this world. You and I text each other and we're laughing all the time. Like, here we go again. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do we manage it? It's about stress management. It's not about changing anything externally. It's about the keys to navigating internally. Mm -hmm. That's the real change. That's the real difference. Mm -hmm. You know, totally agree. And anything we're running away from is, is something that we absolutely need, can choose to stop and look at. Because that's going to be where a lot of treasure is. Katie, Katie Weinberger said navigate. I've been saying that like for the past, I don't know, year, well, this year the word is navigate. Yeah, we navigate. The thing is, is like we are so conditioned. <laughs> To want to have these still, like imagine an ocean. We have these still waters all the time. Why do we think we can have the still waters all the time? Why do we even want that? You know, and then, then the water gets rough, rough and we get overwhelmed. And here we are in the ocean. It's like, of course the water's going to get rough. It's this like, you know, it's this, it's this thing that's constantly changing. You know, we've got a beautiful, you know, a beautiful smooth day and the waves are curling in and everyone's safe. And then it gets a hurricane. We don't get mad that there's a hurricane coming unless, I mean, you know what I mean? Some people might, but we know <laughs> that's the weather. That's the weather. It's how the, the water is responding to the weather and we're riding that wave and the wave might be smooth and the wave might be rough and we don't need to expect any more for it not to be. You know, yeah. where do we think that it's okay that everything, and you know, this is what yoga talks about so much is, and is, is we stop having to force the comfortable and push away the uncomfortable. We just are with what is the more we do. And I would say the more we do block therapy, the more we learn the keys of the body. Like you can be in a really stressful situation and be pressing on your vagus nerve. And I know this is true. Because I've had many people tell me it not only works, it works instantly. And I've had it, had it work all the time too. We're taking our nervous system back into a balanced place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the truth is, is I used to think before I found all these tools that it would take a really long time because that's a cultural belief. Because that traditionally has taken a long time. But that's not, we're learning too much. We know too much. It doesn't have to take a long, long time. We can balance our nervous systems really, really quickly. We don't have to sit 30 years in meditation. That doesn't mean you're getting a balanced nervous system. It just means you're sitting stressed out on a cushion. Yeah, meditation is definitely only helpful if you can actually get into that restful state to begin with. 
Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, I mean, the eight limbed path, there, there was no meditation taught until what the third or fourth limb you had to do, you had to do uh, asana first so that you could actually sit comfortably. And then you had to do pranayama. I think pranayama is next, right? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, because you had to learn how to breathe and only then can you sit. Only then can you sit. You have to master the yamas and niyamas too, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yengar is quoted many times saying that you, until you master all those other pieces, you're wasting your time sitting in meditation. And you're beating yourself up. How many times have you sat there and been like, gosh, I'm so awful at this. Mm hmm. We don't need to be. Well, I think it's another way of bypassing, honestly. Yeah. You know, to me, yeah. um, I'm not saying that having a meditation practice hasn't been helpful over the years. I also am saying that um, sometimes we go straight for like a, a sit down focused meditation and we're ignoring our body, the discomfort we're yes. feeling, everything that's happening. And so the more that we can work ourselves into the body, the more a sitting meditation is actually really profound. I mean, yes. my ability to sit in a sitting meditation today is far superior to 10 years ago after working through all of these pieces and parts of my body. Because there's no point. You're, you're better off doing an active meditation, which I actually think are really, really good. <laughs> Yes. And, and I mean, I a hundred percent agree with you. And if we transform, you're talking about the difference between transcending ourselves and, and transcending our bodies and the imminence of us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the reframe of meditation already is us. It's nothing we have to acquire. It's something we uncover. And then it's like, Oh, Okay, a different yeah. way, you know, then it's not like, oh, I'm trying to attain this thing and I'm not doing it. And this is all blah, 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 right. It's this whole <laughs> thing. Right. And then yeah. we spiral in and then we we move away from being more human because we want to transcend being human because human sucks and blah, 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 blah. Right. We're moving away from actually benefiting. Because we're not understanding yeah. meditation already is us. We're cycling 20 seconds. I think it's every 20 seconds into the alpha state. We access the parasympathetic. The more we balance the vagus nerve, the more we're accessing that state, right? Yeah. And that yeah. does be practice. I'm not saying it's like overnight, but I can tell you with Tracy's comment of overwhelmed, it will work instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean you do it once. It's it's a tool. It's a tool to, to bring out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a necessary tool to be here. I mean, yeah. and I think that's what you and I have talked about many times is the the planet needs us to be here in the body in order to shift. If we're all out of our bodies doing whatever, we're not bringing... We're not acting as conduits of that vibration of those frequencies that that the earth needs and that our physical bodies need in order to
to do what we came here to do. Yeah, it's like all of us are here and trying not to be here, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, what if we stopped and we're here? We're actually here. What a transforming thing that would be, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, one of my intentions that I always, that I set and deepen into is I intend, and when I say intention, you know, it's not like, well, we know about intention. That's a whole other discussion. But, you know, it's a, it's a committing. I commit to bring what is unconscious within myself into consciousness. And that is a, in the beginning, it's very brave to step onto that path. And the more I've gone on that path, the more excited I am to continue that path. Because there's so much Oh, the treasure, words don't describe it. It really doesn't describe it. When we step onto that path and we're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to see myself and I'm not enough. And oh my gosh, and I did that and that was so stupid and embarrassing and this and that. Well, we can, we, once we know we can survive looking at ourselves, it becomes an absolute adventure. It's so fun. <laughs> It's so fun. And sometimes it's not fun, but really it's fun because we're looking at the things that we are, are creating. We're looking at our work manifesting by no more varicose veins. And, uh, oh, I used to get really stressed out in that situation and now I don't. And, oh my gosh, my blood pressure went down and I don't have any more knee pain and I can sit well. And, and I can, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people that are like, I can play baseball with my grandson again. I can go out and rake the yard. I haven't been able to do that in 15 years. And I'm talking about people in their 60s and 70s, not, not people that are, you know, like 20s. These are people that are getting their lives back of how they used to, you know, feel. And I would say that we're even reversing past that. I say we're reversing of our mother's breath patterns in the womb. That's where our fascia starts to knit together. And, you know, I know I was born with a four-step birth and I'm, I'm, that is my frontier right now. That's what I'm doing. I am reversing the pull of those tongs when I was born 43 years ago. How old am I? Yeah. I'm the same age as you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what are we doing? We're, we're going, we're time traveling when we do this work. We're time mm -hmm. traveling back and unwinding something that didn't process. Mm -hmm. And you know, emotions going into that, this is a whole other thing. Emotions are physiological responses. I have an article about this and I think it was on your site and I'm going to resend it to you, but physical, physiological responses, meaning we can't stop emotions more than we can stop our own heart beating. We have to be, we're told that emotions are wrong. Anger is wrong. Sadness is wrong. All this growing up because they're hard. They're challenging, right? They're challenging. Mm -hmm. And so we're told because people don't have the emotional intelligence to handle it. We're told they're wrong and to stop. And so we've been taught it's not that we, you know, it's a, it's a perpetuation of multi-generations of ancestry 
that have been taught to suppress emotions because the emotional intelligence wasn't there to deal with it. And because emotions are, emotions are physiological, we, they lodge in our tissues. Now, feelings are mental. Feelings are our fight or flight state of an emotion. That's why when you get angry, you do a totally different thing than when I get angry. Or when I get sad, you do a totally different thing. Because those emotions came up in childhood and how you survive those emotions will be into feelings. So it's really powerful to understand that we only have about 30 some emotions. And there are multi thousands of feelings. So what's going on is we, we let the emotion process. Even if, we even if we have an emotion and we can't process it right then, we just intelligently can say, all right, that just happened. That was a really big wave. I'm going to set that aside and move into that later so it can process and not get lodged. The feelings, so emotions are in the body and our bodies. Feelings are mental. Feelings are our mental habits we've built up around our emotions. So feelings can actually shift. Emotions can't shift because they're part of us. They're like our heartbeat. They're our breath. That's a really powerful understanding, I think. There's a lot of permission there. There's a lot of, yeah, there is a lot of difference. Yeah. And we can get very skillful. And there's always, I mean, if there's thousands of, of feelings, then we're going to use a lot of them around each emotion. You know, whatever our survival was when we were children. Yeah, emotions, Katie says, energy and motion. And so we let that process. Feelings are the mental response to emotions. So we can train in our nervous systems, right, right here. And what happens is, and I know you know this, and we can talk about this. You get angry. You take that moment, that gap moment, because your nervous system is balanced and you're not in a spinning state, you can say, oh, I'm angry. I'm going to let this process mm -hmm. or you can let the reaction happen and notice your reaction and then say, oh, I got to go back and process that thing mm -hmm. that's causing this reaction. So the habit is the mirror of the, the feelings are the mirror habit of your emotion. Yeah, that's pretty freeing, though. Yeah. It's, it's profound information. It's amazing how quick time goes in here, isn't it? I could talk yeah. to you for hours about what you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm giving you the tidbits. Yes. And I'm so glad that we were able to get you on. And I really appreciate um, everybody who's been on today and watching live and, and everything. It's been really, really great. Um, April, I know that your information it is in the show notes, you guys, and across the screen, but I would love for you to tell everybody how they can find you and maybe when your next class is, if they want to connect with you. Yeah, I love it. So I teach uh, Mondays, Mondays and Fridays at 9 and 10 a.m. Eastern Standard. So the Deep Vitality with the Block is at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard. They're for only 45 minutes. I just like, you know, like quick, fast results. Um, and then the vitality without the block is at 10 to 10:45 Eastern standard. Um, you can find, uh, the Vegas nerve video. There's a breath, there's a tongue video, there's a fascia video, and there's other things up on my YouTube channel as well, which is on my website. 
it's everywhere on my website. And if you access my website, go to aprilrene.co. Don't do you, the M is going to take you somewhere else and your computer will probably want to put an M in and you're going to be like, this is the wrong, it is the wrong thing. It's CO. So yeah. And you know, I, I always love to connect. Um, you know, I've got other videos. I've got a lot of writing up there. Uh, Katie, who's, who's listening to us right now, uh, we'll have, we'll have a book out pretty soon together, co-authoring. So uh, yeah, sooner than later, right, Katie? So um, that'll, you know, we'll see what that looks like. But, you know, it's, it's a lot about what I'm talking about here. It's about giving permission and doing it. Pema Chodron says it, and it's just profound. It's making friends with ourselves. Yeah, so true. And Barbarella, if you're looking for the close-up, you can go to April's YouTube and find that Vegas Nerve video. I also have a link um, on the homepage of Buddhist Biohacker YouTube at the bottom, the Conscious Healing Network. You can find um, a direct link to April's YouTube channel as well. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. April, thank you so much for being here. You know, I love you and I'm so thank happy you. to support your work and everything that you're doing. Thank you to everybody who's been watching. We have one more show with Denise Maple next week. And then, um, Buddhist biohacker is on hiatus for six months while we plan the back half of this year, which is going to be very, very juicy. So I'm very excited about that. And love to each and every one of you. I love you, April. Thank you, Thank everybody. You so much. Love you, Lisa. You're amazing. Thank you for your work. Oh, thank you. And you guys have a great day.